Well, I'm excited about the word this morning. You know, this is, this is what we're here for, is, is the, to hear from God, to worship Him, to hear from Him. And, um, you know, if, if God's not in the place, then we don't want to be here either. <laughs> Amen. Turning your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, and let's read in verse 14. As our text, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. See, that doesn't sound like that we're beggars, does it? Well, you know, I'm just a hoping and a praying that God would do something. Well, I'm a joint heir with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. You know, it's like this. If I, if I was to bless my kids and, and I already had planned it out and I'm going to bless them and then say, well, I sure hope dad does something. I sure hope he you know, follows through with that. I, it was my decision. I already said, I'm going to bless you. I'm already going to do this and that. So we don't have to beg God. We don't have to, oh God, if you would just do this, then I promise I'll do this. And I mean, it's one thing to make a vow, but uh, Lord, I'll just, I'll do better. Just, just do this for me. God's already done everything in Christ. So all I have to do is receive it. That's why when we sing that song, uh, the glory is here. All that you need, just reach up and receive and say it's mine. So he tells us that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today that as we share your word, we thank you, Lord, that revelation, illumination comes. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. We honor you. We look to you. To teach us, and, and you're the ultimate teacher and the, the great teacher. And Father, we give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. That's why I said, I believe last week, don't get your eyes on a person. I'm not going to have my eyes on you. Don't get your eyes on me. Put your eyes on the Lord even as we open the Bible. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can reach in and, and teach you even things that I'm not even saying today. He, why? Because he's here. His presence is here. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that every, um, that the man, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, that man is an eternal spirit. So we said that man being an eternal spirit, if we want to be led by the spirit of God, then we need to understand the fact that we are spirits. I'm not just a physical body. I'm, just, I'm not a mind. I'm a spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit. So that's what it means to be created in the image and likeness of God. He's a spirit. I'm a spirit. And so because he's a spirit, spirits communicate with spirits. Now, we know that other beings are spirits as well. Demons are spirits. Angels are spirits. That's why when the Bible talks about the gift of discerning of spirits, you're, you're actually 
looking and seeing into the realm of spirits, which includes God himself. And so we talked about the fact that, that man is a spirit, and if I'm going to um, understand God speaking to me, I need to be aware of my spirit. I need to be aware of the fact that I'm not just a mental being, that he's going to speak to my spirit. He's going to speak to my heart, my inner man. And then last week, we talked about something of utmost importance, and that was this, that God's word is the foundation. God speaking to me, the, the ultimate and the easiest way for him to speak to you is through the word of God. And so that being said, a lot of people will say, yes, amen. But then when it comes to being led for themselves, they'll go to other things. They'll try to be led by the Spirit other ways or be, have guidance other ways. Lord, if you want me to do this, then you do that. Now, I know people have prayed that way. I'm sure I prayed that way when I didn't know better. But, but God has a higher way for us that we would be led by His Spirit, not just put out a fleece. And so this is the way that every believer should live. And so, actually, a lack of teaching along this line is why we have so many indecisive people in, in the, the day we live. Indecision is a crippling thing, is it not? Well, I can't make the decision. I don't know what to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? And let me ask 12 of my brothers, should I do this? Should I do that? One says this. One says that. <laughs> one says the other. And one, we have the ultimate teacher on the inside of us. So if we have the counselor and we have the book, we, we shouldn't live like that. Can you say amen? amen? If we're hearing from him and we've heard from him, the discussion should stop there. Now it's just, you know, once we hear from God, now it's time to do. Amen. So I know that there's a lot of misunderstanding in this area. But I'm believing God that not only myself, but each and every person would be getting clearer and clearer in their communication with Him. And as we said before, it's not about hearing voices. It's not about having a cold flash, a hot flash. It's about communication with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, it's amazing because this is a, not just a side issue with, with the Lord, but this is the way that every believer should conduct their life. It's something of great priority. I want you to look here what he said in verse 14. He says here, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, we're not anything special, but I, I will say this. You can go to a lot of churches and never hear anything about this because people don't realize the importance of being led by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So we're believing for more clarity that we'll know what's of God and what's, what's not of Him. Amen. And just as an act of faith, I want you to say this with me. Say, I'll hear what I need to hear. I'll see what I need to see. And I'll get what I need to get. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost. 
See, there's the Trinity right there. Be with you all. Amen. So, he says, in reference to the Holy Spirit, communion. Can you have communion with God? Can you have communion with the Holy Spirit? Well, he is a divine person, and he is knowable. So, he's not impersonable. He's not just a, you know, we would call this monitor and it, this keyboard and it, this stage and it. But you don't call a person an it. So he's knowable and we can have fellowship with him. So, you know, it's just like when you have a good meal. I think a couple of people saw me bring that crock pot in and they thought, oh man, food today. I was just returning it from some, to someone. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, when we have communion, it's, it's just like a meal. And I'm not talking about just communion that we take the elements, but when we have communion one with the other, it's the, the portrayal of that is like having a meal. You sit down, you have fried chicken, mashed potatoes, should I keep going? Mac and cheese, biscuits. Well, you all eat the same thing, what's going to happen? You all have the same food, the same time together. All of you are going to have Fried chicken on the inside of you. You're going to have all the same things on the inside of you. Well, the same thing. You partake of him. You partake of God. You know, what we're having right now is a meal. We're having fellowship. And what happens is the, the Lord's presence is on the inside of you. Now, we know he lives on the inside of you already when you're born again. But that's what communion is. Those same, you eat the same thing, the same things get in you. And so the Bible talks about the communion of the Holy Ghost. Now, notice it didn't say voices. It didn't say feelings. It just says communion. And so, as we said before, many are looking for something much more spectacular than that. Oh, I want to see something. I want to see a flash in the sky. But it's communion. Why? Because he's a spirit. I want you to look back, um, turn back to Romans 8. Romans 8, and look in verse uh, 15. But you, or for you, have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Notice he's, he's not a spirit of bondage. He's the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. There's freedom. He's not given a spirit of bondage again to fear. Why? Because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 7... For he's not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit. And we have that spirit on the inside of me. Amen. Not a crazy mind, but a sound mind. Amen. Not fear, but faith. Amen. So he says here, But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So he, the Bible says, is our comforter. And so when, you know, just say, for instance, in this verse here, when one is adopted, when someone's adopted, they're made a part of the family, just like regular flesh and blood. The Holy Spirit makes us a part. And so, you know, he makes you feel comfortable. Like that, I was telling you, the Barker Lounge. Like a lazy boy. 
I was asking someone about it before the service because I'd never heard of a Barca Lounge. I knew a lazy boy. Someone had, had, was talking about how the Holy Spirit makes you feel welcome. That's the way the Holy Spirit, just that, that, that like you're, you feel welcome. Like, boy, this is it. This is home. That's the way the Spirit of God is. And that's what people should feel when they come to a church. Can you say amen? He makes you feel comfortable. And see, that's one way you can tell when you yield to the Holy Spirit. You should be comfortable in yielding to the Holy Spirit. Not fearful. And I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, you develop the more and more you do it when you step out. So when you, you know, if you're scared and you're tense, you know, it's going to be hard for you to yield to the Spirit. But the more and more you yield to Him, the more comfortable you are. Whether you're praying in the Spirit, giving a word, or, you know, you just have to learn to relax. And that's been the biggest testimony in my life is just learning to relax. Just learning to yield to the Holy Ghost and, and be normal. You know, you can be normal with, with the gifts of the Spirit. You can have revelation concerning something and be normal about it. <laughs> you know, you, you can... If someone's dealing with something, you can tell. You don't have to get all spiritual and say, Thus saith the Lord, you're down. Thus saith the Lord, you're depressed. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to say a lot of things that a lot of people do. You can just know. And you can have a, a word of knowledge about it and do it in a real natural way. Thus saith the Lord, you need this and that and that and that. And sometimes it may just be the Lord's dealing with you. You just say, hey, why don't we go get something to eat? And you can just minister to someone real, real naturally. Amen. But for a lot of people, it didn't have the trumpet fanfare. Dun, da, da, you know, at the beginning. But that's a lot of times that's just to get attention to, to oneself. Hallelujah. So all these things, you know, that's, that's the way it should be when we, we talk about first-time guests. That people should feel welcome. You know, there was a, a minister, I heard this story, and I've heard this happening more than once, where the pastor put plants in the church. I'm not talking about greenery, I'm talking about church people. He put people in there, and, and this was in another country orange hair, pink hair, and, and clothing that was not the, the most suitable for church, you, you know, people would think. And so anyway, he gets up, gives a couple of verses. He says, I tell you what we need around here. And this is, this is what he said. We need some short skirts. We need orange hair. We need green hair. We need smoking in the bathroom. People looked at him like he was going crazy. <laughs> Why? Because he said, he said, that's what sinners do. He said, that's, that's people that are welcome in the church. that need to come into the church and get saved. You know, I would rather deal with somebody that, that's a sinner and knows it than a self-righteous, hypocritical Pharisee. You know, that thinks that there's nothing wrong with them. You know, that I've never missed it. I've never made a mistake. Amen. Give me a person like that any other time that, that knows they're wrong. It's like, yep, yep, I did it. I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bad rascal. At least you can help people like that. And so that's, but that's the way it is. People should come from the outside and feel welcome. 
That's what the church is for. It's for lost people to come in. And so, you know, Jesus caught a lot of flack in his ministry for fellowshipping with sinners. Well, Jesus, didn't you know that that's a, that's a Pharisee? I mean, he's a publican and, I mean, he's a bad guy. Of course, it was the religious people that gave him the hard time. Jesus never condoned their sin and never was a part of their sin, but he loved them. People knew that Jesus loved them. And actually, you see that. That's actually the heart of Jesus. He loved people. He loved sinners. But boy, he, he went crosswise with religion. You're the blind leading the blind. You know, you travel land to sea to convert somebody, but when you get there, you actually make them twice the devil of hell you are. You know, you're whitewashed sepulchers. You're, you're a tombstone. I mean, that's the way he was. Well, you know, I want to be just like Jesus. Well, you better think more about it before you say that. I, I just want to be like Jesus. And he was just so kind. Well, he was the people. But for people that were hypocrites, what did he tell them? Hypocrites? You, you, you think you can escape hell? I mean, that's, what, what about that kind of message? <laughs> you think you're, gonna, you're, you're the blind leading the blind. You're going to fall in the ditch. <laughs> but Jesus, see, he's the one that we're following. And if, if he loved people, then we should love people. Yes. Amen. Don't ever forget the way that you were. I mean, some people forget that they were, they were lost at one time too. So, you know, you can't just be hard on people. You know, like if you go to... You sit down at a restaurant and, you know, someone's just carrying on, carrying on. And, you know, the pe- sometimes people just get so mad, you know. And, you know, I don't like it when people just go on and on like that. But what's amazing is they'll, maybe they were uh, proficient in, in curse, cursing and cussing. And they'll say, man, I can't, you know, I'm not going to subject my family to this, this and that. But then they'll go home and listen to it for four hours on TV. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> so this spirit of adoption we're talking about, who lives in us, he should be manifest in our house, our job, everywhere that we go, in our church, and make people feel comfortable. So that's what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit makes you feel apart. And that's the same spirit, the spirit of adoption whereby we cry what? Abba, Father. You mean the God of the universe? He's our Father? Yes. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, then the Father God, the Father of spirits, becomes your Father. Look at there in verse 16. He says this. The Spirit itself. Now, who has a different translation than the King James and it says himself? Does anyone have that? See? That's what most translations say. The Spirit himself. That's the Greek word autos, which means automatic or self, like an automatic transmission, self, self-starting. The self-same spirit is what that actually means. The self-same spirit. And he what? He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we're talking today about the spirit bears witness with our spirit. Now, when we say the same spirit, the same spirit that's in the ministry of Jesus. He's the same Holy Ghost. You know, we don't just have some junior Holy Ghost and and he had the real thing. No. You know, that's why that people, if people really were looking to the Lord, they wouldn't matter who was praying for them. 
well, you know, I want, I want uh, Brother So-and-so, a man of faith and power, to pray for me, but, you know, who is this? You know, people should come to the River Church and say, you know, if I get a hold of an usher, if I get a hold of someone at the front door, I don't care if what, who they are. They're serving coffee. They're, they're greeting. They're, they're in the back. They're on the worship team. They can grab anybody and say, pray for me. I need a miracle in my life. Why? Because not because you're a preacher, but because you're a believer. Every person is called and anointed. Hallelujah. And so he bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Now, how, how do you know that you're saved? I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, I knew something had happened. And I thought, man, did I really get saved? Did I get born again? Did I? And so I kind of questioned and I asked my mom kind of like in a roundabout way. Now, she found out what happened because she was gone from church that night and I got, gave my life to the Lord. And so she acted real, you know, just kind of casual about it and said, yeah, mm-hmm. And, you know, she was probably jumping up and down for joy on the inside. But I said, hey, if you do this and you believe and you say this, are you, are you saved? She said, yeah. And, uh, but here's the thing. How do you know that you're saved? A lot of people just say, I know it. And, you know, that's really a Bible answer. Why? Because you have the witness. How do you know you're saved? You just know it because there's something on the inside. He's bearing witness. And like you said, the Holy Spirit. Actually, that's actually a co-witness. When we say a witness, it's actually a co-witness. A witnessing with. Now, just think about this. If you're close to somebody... Husband and wife, you, you can know each other. Now, what if, what if an, another person was, was in your same clothes? Now, that's pretty close, right? You would know, you know some things about that person there that close. What about someone who's on the inside of you? See, a lot of times, verbal communication is not always the best. Why, why do you need it when he's living on the inside of you? See, the Holy Spirit is there to bear witness with your spirit. He's there to tell you what's going to happen today. He's there to tell you what, what direction to take in your life. He's there to tell you. He's there to help you. And I don't know about you, but I need his help every day. One of the greatest words here, the word comforter, is the word helper. Now, take the time in John chapter 14, 15, 16, and look at where Jesus talked about, especially John 16, 7, he talks about praying for the comforter. I pray the comforter would come unto you. He said, if I don't leave, he's not going to come unto you. But he said, I'll send the comforter. And the Amplified Bible actually gives a sevenfold rendering of that, which is comforter, helper, counselor, intercessor, strengthener, standby, advocate. But if you summed it up in one word, you could say this, helper, with a capital H. Why? Because he, if, he, if he helps you, to, if, he's, if he's praying, if he's interceding, all those things are helping. If he's counseling you, he's helping you. So that's, that's one of the greatest words is helper. If I summed it up, he is my helper. Hallelujah. And so we say that I know this. Why? Because he bears witness. So if the Lord, through the Spirit of God, bears witness with my spirit that I'm saved, then he can bear witness about other things as well. What job should I take? What car should I buy? Which direction should I go? Hallelujah. 
And so there, we have that co-witness on the inside, that witnessing with me on the inside. Why? I have a witness on the inside, but then the Holy Spirit, he comes in and says, yes, that's right. Do this. Do that. Just like the scripture says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Mm-hmm. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's, I think of it like this. When you stamp, boom, like this. You stamp something. That's, that's him putting his approval on something in your life. And even as, you know, as we talked about last week, the most basic way you can be led is through the Bible. That's God speaking to me. You know, I want you to say that because a lot of people, they forget this. Say this, the Bible is God speaking to me. Can God speak to you at any time? Can you open your Bible at any time and say, Lord, speak to me? Yes. Now, I know a lot of people, and I know this is going to plow some people's field crossways. But it's true nonetheless. There's a lot of people that are always wanting a word when they can open up the Bible. <laughs> you know what a lot of people want? They just want a good, they just want a good little... Um, when, when people are always looking for a word, you know what they want? They just want some encouragement. Well, I can give you a lot of encouragement from the word. And here's the thing. I, I would be the last person to just always be going around looking for a word because you might get something you don't want. Amen. And if it's a true word from God, one or two things is going to happen, including there might be some rough sailing ahead in your life, and God's getting you ready for it. Why? He's getting you ready with that word so you'll stay steady and not vacillate when, when it comes. So if God doesn't speak to me in some special way, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to keep seeking him and I'm going to look at his word. But the Bible is the, the first and primary way. But then after that, having that in mind, based upon that, the primary way he leads us is the witness. Everyone say witness. So he bears witness with my spirit. He causes me to know things. So if he can bear witness that I'm saved, he can let me know other things. The right job, the right car. And so, you know, a lot of times people don't think that the Lord's really interested in all that. But he's interested in everything. He'll help you to shop. Ladies. He'll help you find the right deal. I mean, guys need help shopping too. Especially. <laughs> so if we learn how to yield to him, the Holy Ghost will help us. I mean, he'll help you do, help you do your hair. He'll help you drive to work. Now, nah, that's just silly. No, you need, to, you need to look to the Lord. Why? Because who's ever had the Lord just, you may not even recognize it being him. Or maybe you did. Go this other way to work today. Take, take this other route. Why, Lord? Well, you know, if he gives you something, that's all you need to know. And then, you know, maybe you get to work and they say, man, did you see that big wreck? People are 30 minutes late to work and say, no, I didn't because I went a different way today. You see, that's the Holy Spirit leading you and bearing witness. Not a feeling, not a voice. You know, that's something that you would need to pray every day. Lord, lead my steps. Order my steps. Lead me today. Before you do something, before you launch out, pray. I mean, I know it's a novel idea. It's a new idea for many people. 
but pray. Well, you know, maybe I should pray about that. Yes, you should pray about everything. <laughs> Why? Because he knows the best way and to do everything. He knows the best um, in every situation. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Spirit helps some people more than others. Now, get a, listen to this here. Some people he rarely helps or helps just a little bit, maybe once or twice a couple of, every other year or something. Then there's people he hardly helps at all. Not because he's a respecter of persons. Not because he's playing favorites, but because certain people look to him for everything. Lord, help me to do this. Lord, from the rising of, the, of you waking your, eye, your eyes pop open. Lord, help me today. Show me what to do. Lead me. Guide me. Lord, don't, I don't want to miss it today, and I don't have to be afraid that I'm going to miss it. But Lord, just lead my steps. And then just wait for the witness. You know, there's some things maybe you don't have to pray about. You just listen. I think some people just pray so much they, don't ever, they never listen. It's a, it's a dialogue. The Lord never gets a, a word in edgewise. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to be one of those people that he can speak to where when he speaks, it's like me hearing him through the, the PA system. It's just like, like him speaking through a microphone and he's barely whispering. Hallelujah. And so he can be that real to us. So we have to learn to look and to check. Turn over just a chapter to chapter 9 of Romans chapter 9. Everyone say, led by the Spirit. <clears throat> Romans chapter 9, and look in verse 1. The Apostle Paul says this, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Your conscience is a big part of you being led by the Spirit of God. That's why we need to have a clear conscience. We need to have a clean conscience. Even if our conscience, you know, the Bible talks about those that have a defiled conscience. Your conscience is part of your inward man. And so, even if, here's the good news. You know, it's just like this. You know, the Bible talks about having a seared conscience. It's just like if you work with your hands. And just say, for instance, if you work with your hands, I've, no, I've known people, you know, you work with your hands that they just get real calloused. And, you know, people can have taken the, can take their knife and just cut in their hand and just cut out pieces, you know, like little rough places. Don't even feel it at all. But, you know, if you let that heal up over a period of time, what's going to happen is that, is that sensitivity will come back. That feeling will come back. Same thing with your spirit. Maybe you've disobeyed. Maybe you've not obeyed God fully. But the blood washes. The blood of Jesus cleanses. And then what happens? That sensitivity comes back. That, that leading comes back. That, that communion comes back. To where you can hear what the spirit of God is saying. So we want to have a, a sensitive conscience as well. 
So all of these words here, witness, spirit, and conscience. He's not talking about the outward man, is he? That's not talking about the outer man. That's talking about the inward man. And so in the New Testament, we're to be led not externally, but internally. The Bible says that though the outward man perishes, yet the inward man is what? Renewed day by day. So even though we say this and people sometimes will say amen, they'll still try to be led by the outward man. Lord, if that's you, I want three white cars to come down. Well, there's two of them right there I already see. Um, Lord, oh, Lord, that's you. Okay. Okay, there's one, there's two, then there's a different color. I didn't tell the Lord how long it would take. Um, see, that's being led by the outward. You know, people say, well, you know, how about Gideon? You know, Gideon put out a fleece. But see, we have to understand, he didn't have the Spirit of God. So he didn't know if that was God or not. So we, if we do that now, we can get in trouble. Why? Because the devil is in this realm. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that Satan is the God of this world. So he can do things. I mean, that's why people that, that play around with Ouija boards and all kinds of things, what is that? That's demons. And they can operate in this realm. And so that's why you don't, I mean, no, no Christian has any business going to the devil for guidance. Well, you know, I, I just, I needed some guidance, so I called that 900 number. No, you don't need to call any number. I mean, if you want to call a prayer line, I mean, call someone godly to pray. But if they can't give you godly advice, then their advice is poor. And so we have to learn how to listen to the inward man and what the Holy Spirit is saying. People are still led externally. You know, even good people can miss it. That's why, you know, I like to, people that, I mean, we have, there's people in my life, there should be people in your life that you can say, this person is over me and the Lord. You know, if you're in a church, you know, you have a pastor, but I have a pastor as well. And so, you know, we're not just lone rangers out here in western North Dakota and, and just doing our own thing. We're accountable and we check in regularly and, and ask questions. But, you know, if someone gives you bad counsel, you know, I, I asked that person counsel and, and they gave me bad counsel and, and it messed my life up. It's actually your fault if that happens. Why? Because you have the same Holy Spirit. You have the book, you have the leading, and you have the witness. Amen. I know that's not a popular thing, but we have to take the responsibility in our life. And see, I think that's why a lot of people that I've seen, I'm not against words. I'm not against, the Bible says, don't despise prophesying. So I know it's something that's right and legitimate and good. But I think a lot of people... That's, they just get so desperate, they want to hear from God that they don't go to the source. So they want someone else. But, you know, I don't want someone else just going. You know, it's like, like someone told, um, told our pastor, said, hey, let's go down and hear prophet um, so-and-so in this prophetess. He said, I'm not going down there. He said, what if she's having a bad day today? 
and give me some wrong prophecy. I don't need to go down there. (laughs) Why? Because, you know, things can be affected by what's going on in someone's life. All you are is a conduit and a a hose. You know, when water comes through the hose, you don't glorify the pipes and, you know, you just enjoy the water, don't you? When the word comes through, you don't glorify the person and you don't look to people. And so we always have to come back. What does the Bible say? Why? Because we have the counselor on the inside. Everyone in here can be led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so having said that, God will use people at times to confirm things. He will. But that should be confirmation, not just information. Oh, wow, I never knew that. I'm going to Africa to to preach. Boy, I just never. I know when I was in Bible school, Brother Hagin said that, and he said that people would, this one man came up to him after a class one day and said, um, you know, prophet so-and-so prophesied that I'm, I'm going to Africa. He said, well, in talking to him, he could tell that he had no um, inkling and no leading to do that. He said, what do you have in your heart? He said, well, the Lord specifically told me to do such and such. He said, well, go with it. He said, well, what about prophet so-and-so? He said, well, who said he's a prophet? He said, he did. He said, well, most people that say they are are not. He's non-profit. And he said, well, what do I do? And so he said, I would just forget about it. You know, another person came up and, and, and someone prophesied he should marry a certain person. Don't ever get married because someone prophesied you should. Amen. Now, you know the, the way that, that my wife and I met was very supernatural. But I think that was one reason why I waited a whole week. And I know it, it drove her nuts, you know, that I waited a whole week before I called her. But I was just proving it out because I, in my own mind, and I, I don't know if I even have shared that part, but, you know, in my own mind, I was making sure that I was not, even though it was not a prophecy, I was not being led by my pastor. I was not being led by a person. He was just the one to hook, hook us up together. He was just the one to, to instigate it all. But you don't want to do anything just because someone prophesied you should do it. You know, people have lost millions of dollars because people have so-called, so-called prophets have said, this is what you should do. You have the, insi- you have the guide on the inside. You have the guide on the inside. Hallelujah. So go straight to the source. So every situation in life, I always come back to this, to the word and the witness. The word and the witness. What do I have? And see, that's why the Bible tells us to judge prophecy. If someone prophesies to you and it doesn't line up with the Bible, then you forget it. If it doesn't line up with the witness of your own spirit, Forget it. Amen. Because God, I figured this a long time ago. God is an intelligent being. I'm an intelligent being. If he wants to communicate with me, then he will. It's up to me to stay in good fellowship with him and let him speak. But I'm not going to, you know, God's, God's not changing his mind every other day. Well, God told me to do this. Well, now he, we're going to do this. Oh, no, God changed again and we're going to do this. 
Yes, he's always leading us and it's progressive, but just stay with what God told you. And if he wants to tell you something different, then he will. Amen. So I believe that as a church, we're all going to get sharper in this area. We're going to be better at being led every day. That one year from now, we'll be in a different place. That five years from now, we'll be in a better place. But what do we have to do? We always have to check. Do you know that pride assumes, but humility asks? Pride assumes this is the way that we should go. Yeah, we, this is what God wants us to do. But humility says, Lord, what do you want us to do? I'm going to say that one more time. Pride assumes. Humility asks. Lord, what should I do? You know, pride assumes, well, this is how they, you know, we've had some good help in here and, and helping and everyone's always asked, what do you want me to do? But, you know, what if, what if somebody just came in here and just started like going in the back room and just, oh, this looks like this needs to be done. Well, I think I'll do this. I think I'll just grab a paintbrush and go to the front of the building and grab the wrong color. And, you know, well, it just looks like it was that iron ore looks like it should work on the front. Well, it actually is on the bottom, but, you know, ask questions. And that's what David always did. The Bible says he inquired of the Lord. Lord, shall I go up? Shall I pursue the enemy? Hallelujah. And what's good about husbands and wives is... You, the husband can pray, the wife can pray, then you come together and say, what do you, what do you have? Well, what do you have? What did you get from the Lord? And it should be the same. Amen. And so he'll teach us, he'll show us, the Bible says, things to come. He'll give you a check, and you learn to follow the leadings. And, and when I say learn, you just learn how the Lord deals with you. And I just want to give you a couple examples in closing. And I think I shared this last week, but it won't hurt you to hear it again. <laughs> but there was a, a, a minister and his wife that, that traveled and as evangelists, and they had bought this new travel trailer. And, you know, brand new and haven't taken on the road yet. So here they are, and they're, they're in this place. They get to this park, and they park the the um, the trailer, it is pouring down rain. He plugs everything in, got everything, the water and the electricity, everything. Turns on the light switch and there's nothing. He's like, boy. So he goes back out. He gets the manager of that that campsite. They go through everything. They check the even check the fuses. They go back. He looks and sees his wife in there. And she, what should you be doing when when that's happening? When things aren't working, what should you be doing? Should you be getting upset? Should you be getting mad because it's not coming on? You should be praying. Well, she was accustomed to doing this, of course. And she tells the husband, says, you know, honey, I don't know, but I just, I'm getting the word light bulbs. Light bulbs. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. And he goes back out and he's, and he's dealing with it again. And, and a second time, a few minutes later, you know, he keeps fumbling around with it. I'm just getting light bulbs. He goes back to the back. He looks. There's not a light bulb in the whole trailer. Well, see, you could easily overlook that as being uh, light bulbs. And Lord, I need power, you know. Well, the Lord's trying to help you and say light bulbs. They were in another place and they were preaching. 
And they were driving, and they got to the place, and they couldn't find the turn. They couldn't find the church. And uh, they're the ones supposed to be speaking that morning, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they get there, and she just has this, and she says, you know, I don't know. I'm just getting the word newspaper. It's like, what do you want a newspaper for? You know, we're going to church right now. But anyway, they were used to being led by the Spirit like that, and just, well, finally, he just... After the third time coming back around the same corner again, you know, you ever done that? You know, when we say humility, ask, a lot of guys don't ask. They just say, no, let me just stay. Especially before GPS, you know. And so, anyway, he stops here at the gas station, gets a newspaper. She opens it up. He said, there's your newspaper. (laughs) And uh, she opens it up to the so-called religious section opens it up, sees a picture with an ad that, about the meeting that they are holding. And it even has a little map of the place of how to get to the place. So that was the Holy Ghost. Lord, what do you mean light bulbs? Newspaper. So the Lord, many times, you know, he didn't have to appear in a vision. It was just something natural. Something on the inside. And Here's the thing, the more you practice that and the more you yield to that, the more confidence you'll have. Hey, that was God. That was God. This is God too. Amen. And so when something, here's the thing, when something keeps coming back to you over and over again, have you ever just had something just, you, you don't know why you're even thinking about that thing and why something that's, I'm not talking about the devil bringing carnal things to your mind. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that the Lord keeps bringing up. Why am I thinking about that? Why? Well, that's the Lord many times bringing something back to your mind that you will pay attention to it. You know, I heard uh, one other story I was thinking about. A minister, he said since he was a boy, he loved sports cars. And he said he had caritis from being a little boy, you know. And, and, you know, as soon as he could, he said he got this one car. He said he loved Corvettes. Now he's, he said he actually loved them at the time. You know, so. And um, he said he liked these Corvettes. He got a Corvette for $3,500. Now, like he said, you can imagine what kind of shape it was in for $3,500 for a Corvette. And he said that this man who had dealt with Corvettes for 20 years, the Lord spoke to him and said, find out whose that is. And, and uh, look at that Corvette. He said, yeah, Lord, it's in bad shape. He said, that's why I'm talking to you. So he, he, he got a hold of the guy who owned it, this minister I'm talking about. And actually, he said, if you'll just buy some of the parts, I'll, I'll fix it up. I got, I got a shop, and I'll just... And he actually fixed it up. He said, in the process of time... He got this other Corvette. He said, man, this thing was sharp. He said, this Corvette was a looker, is what he said. He said, it was, it was um, I think, some blue color with the white interior and, and everything. And he said, man, that was a sharp car. And he said, we had to drive a couple states to get to it. And he said, as they got there, it took a long time to get it. He said, we drove all this way, and they should have had it ready. But we got there, and we took it. We took it around a corner, took it around another corner, and he said, his wife said, this car is not right. 
He said, I didn't want to hear that. He said, but I had the same witness already. He said, this car is not right. He said, I drove around another corner just to see. He said, I just kept having it. And she said, something with this car is just not right. And see, that's why it's important. You know, two of you shall agree. So they had the same witness. God's going to give a husband and wife the same thing. So anyway, they drove it back and, and they said, oh, yeah, what, what do you think? He said, something with this car is not, it's not right. He said, the guy just looked at him. He said, uh, you, you mean you don't like it? I mean, you don't want it? He's like, well, it's a, it's a beautiful car, but, you know, something's just not right. That car's not right. He said he looked at, at the, cell, the other guy, the, the owner. He said he looked at us. He said they just kind of fumbled and, and, just, and just walked away. He said, so then I went looking. He said, I saw this red Corvette. He said, it was, right, it was nice. He said, I wasn't even interested in a red Corvette. I wanted this one. And so he said, as we're doing the paperwork, the salesman comes out and said, Mr. Moore, that was his name, he said, we are sorry we misrepresented that car to you. Something was wrong with that car. <laughs> and they were going to sell that car to him. How do you not get a lemon? Well, when the Holy Ghost says, not that one. Well, Lord, it's a great deal. Well, the Lord might have something better a month down the road. So I've learned just to, whenever you have something, Father knows best, and um, the Holy Ghost knows, and you just let the wit follow that witness. If you have a, a someone likened it like this, that uh, warm, velvety feeling, just like that lazy boy, just like you're relaxed and you're just, you feel good about it, lack of a better word. That's the Holy Ghost saying yes. But if you just feel all agitated on the inside, like you got heartburn or something, you know, just you just say, no, I can't do this. I'm sorry, I can't do this. I, I just don't have the witness. Here's the thing. I don't have to have a reason not to. I have to have a reason to do something. If someone says, why, you don't believe in me? You don't believe? I don't have to have a reason not to do something. I have to have a reason or a leading to do it. So always just wait for the leading. And that's a safe thing. That, that's why it's a safeguard in our life as a believer. Don't follow out here because why? The devil can masquerade lots of things out here. Out here things can look nice and, and showy. But always follow the word and the witness. You'll always be safe. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you today for the witness of the Spirit. Lord, we just thank you that it is a safeguard for our life. Lord, that, um, that, Lord, you would lead us and guide us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the witness, Lord. The witness of your spirit. And, Father, I thank you right now that you would lead us and guide us. Lord, that we would be sharper on the inside. That, Lord, you would show us that we would come up higher into a new place, into a new realm. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the most important witness that we said is the know that we are born again, that we know him as our Lord and Savior. So if you're in this place and you say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, 
but I want to. I, I, I want to know for sure that I'm a child of God. Then we want to pray with you and for you. We can have that assurance in life that we know that we are a child of God, that we've passed from death unto life. The Bible tells us we know we've passed from death and life because we love the brethren, but it also tells us because we have the witness on the inside. Or secondly, if you're in this place, and many times this, this happens in life. People go through things, and, and maybe they, they were on fire for God at one time, but then they, they got cold. And, and if, you're, if you're in that place and you say, I want to come back to Jesus, I want to, come, I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again, Pray for me. Then we want to pray with you and for you. Or if you say, I just, I want to make sure. I want to have the assurance that I'm born again. Then we want to pray with you and for you. With no one looking around, if that's you, just lift your hand and say, pray for me. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I see that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you raise your hand on any of those invitations, we want to do just like we said. We want to pray with you and for you. Come up to the front. We just want to pray real quickly. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's nothing to be embarrassed about to come in front. Amen. We want to pray and make sure that things are right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everyone pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me, that you raised him from the dead for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Let me never be the same. Lord, I turn my back on the world and I turn my back on sin. Thank you, Lord for dying for me. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven because Jesus is in my heart. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.